Welcome to GLOW, the Glorious Ladies of Engineering podcast. In the spirit of reconciliation, I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in Southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Our purpose with this podcast is to inspire women and non-binary folk to pursue and continue careers in engineering by spotlighting leaders, role models, and peers, showcasing achievements, and discussing challenges at all stages of our professional lives. My name's Nicole, and I'm from Calgary, Alberta. Today's episode is the fourth in a series of seven episodes. As I've mentioned in the earlier parts of this series, we received a lot of positive feedback from our initial podcast guest callout, and I wanted to talk to everyone. Each episode in this series is a compilation of answers to one of the questions. With this series, I'm hoping to inspire and also spread the word about what a career in engineering could look like. With doctors, firefighters, teachers, etc., it's much easier for young people to get an idea of what those careers look like because we see them. But how often do we get to see engineers in their natural habitat if we don't know one in real life? In part four, I'm asking the women what their typical day looks like. I will include a short summary for each woman as we go through this episode. I'm also keeping them in the same order for each episode in hopes that it will be easier to follow. But if you forget who anyone is or need a refresher, you can always go back to episode one. So without further ado, let's get into it. First, we have Alexis Mulligan, a fifth-year chemical engineering and biomedical engineering student at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. One of her challenges was that she went through fourth-year engineering online due to COVID. We talked about an event she was putting together that took place back in June. So what does your typical day look like? And you can talk about school, work, or both. I'm currently on my final co-op term at Honeybee in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. I typically get up at 5.30, go to the gym, and get to the office for 8 o'clock. I just started on May 1st, but I do have a few things, company projects on the go. In our facility, produce honey, gummy vitamins, and lozenges made purely and naturally. You've probably seen them maybe in Shoppers, Walmart. They're in a few different stores right now. But my time is split between being at my desk, what should be analyzing operations or creating presentations, and on the production floor. And I'm also taking some online courses this summer just to take some of the load off for my final year. And my other free time I spend as the project manager planning a woman in engineering panel event put on by Dalhousie Wee. And we're hosting this on International Women in Engineering Day, which is June 23rd. And it will feature three generations of women engineers um, with just the goal of having meaningful conversations and barriers that women face. And then when I go back to school my final year this September, my schedule will change based on my courses. I'll be in five courses each semester. Um, Most of them are online, uh, thankfully, but labs and tutorials are not thankfully the other way around. But labs and tutorials are in person. So I am planning on being back in Halifax for the school year. And in my free time there, as I said, president of DALWI, which will entail planning different skill building, networking, and professional development events along with our annual Gwench Girl, where we bring 100 to 150 girls, grades 7 to 12, into Dalhousie for a day and show them what engineering is always about, which is always inspiring. Next, we have Neha Ninam, an electrical engineer working with embedded systems in southwestern Ontario. 
Through her communications classes and career experience, she has learned how to relay technical information to non-technical clients, which I personally think is half of the battle of engineering. What does your typical day look like? It's generally, it's a pretty like nine to five uh, sort of day and has been for most of my career. Um, for a little bit there, I was doing some support stuff. So I was on call at, at different hours, but typically, you know, there's uh, in terms of sort of my work schedule, generally it's sort of like standups and connecting with people at the start and then what have you all different kinds of meetings and, and different projects and whatnot that I'm, that I'm working on. I guess the one thing that I'll say in terms of my day is it's not just one thing that I'm working on. It's not necessarily just not even like a task. It's like, it's not even necessarily one project. And so switching between all different projects is actually exciting to me. Some people don't like that, but for me, that's, that's great. So generally I'll have, you know, I, I might have like five meetings during the, oh, lots of meetings also. <laughs> generally, if I have like, you know, five meetings, it'll be like each one of them is, is about something separate that we're slowly progressing towards completing. So yeah. And then, and then it's it, pretty stable day. Thankfully it's pretty, you know, out by five and, and weekends are free, that kind of thing. That's always nice. Engineering can be stressful. So work-life balance, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. After we talked with Vivian Kasuth, a maintenance engineer in Lethbridge, Alberta, we were so moved by what she had to say that we featured her in a season one episode. If you want to hear everything that Vivian and I talked about, check out episode four of season one. Vivian finds being a woman in engineering to be a challenge, having to prove yourself over and over. She's not alone in that. And it's a big reason why we're doing this podcast. What does your typical day look like? A typical day, a fulfilling day. I guess my days are so fulfilling now. My typical days are very fulfilling. I get to work on an incredible range of things where, you know, being in a manufacturing atmosphere where we have maintenance, you know, emergent maintenance items, we, we have the trades and being able to collaborate with the trades, having them just a few feet away and bounce ideas off off of them right because they're the hands-on experience that I love and that's you know that's why I love construction because the trades were there that's why I love consulting because you got to design things for trades but now I get to work on maintenance with trades and having having them every day to have conversations with is fabulous working with on huge industrial machinery is so much fun and that again is also just a few feet away and I just get to go through manuals and I love manuals, technical documents and spare parts and just going through it all and talking to technical reps and saying, okay, this is what I think the problem is. What do you think? And, you know, we get in this whole wonderful dialogue where I've got the technical rep, I've copied the mechanic who works on that machine all the time. And we, it's just a love fest of mechanical engineering technical speak of this is how I want to fix it. This is what we need to look at. These are the parts we need. This is when we're going to do the repair. And it's just this wonderful meshing of machinery and people and, and just trying to make everything tickety boo. That's a typical day for me. You know, I get to, I'll never be you know, writing prose like Shakespeare, but I can write such beautiful technical emails that sometimes I reread them and I, I get shocked. I'm like, did I write that? It's just, it's, it's, 
it just sounds so good. It flows so well. Like it's got, look at all these beautiful part numbers and look at all these like wonderful diagrams and arrows and highlights. You know, it, it's just this wonderful, it's everything that we learned in school. Everything we learned in school is just tied up in my day. And it's all, it's all, it's all nearby. I like that you talked a lot about collaboration because I think that's one thing people don't realize. People think that, you know, once you graduate from school with an engineering degree, then you know all the answers to everything within your field. And that's not the case. And engineering is a huge team effort. To me, engineering is being able to figure out the answer, not knowing, not necessarily knowing the answer. And so it's knowing where to look and what questions to ask and who to talk to and when to trust who you're talking to and, you know, where to poke more holes, where to investigate. Like, that's what engineering is to me. It's not, no, I don't have all the answers, but I have some really strong tools to find the answers. Also, based on what you also said, engineering is totally you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it, right? Like investigating, like you said, like troubleshooting, troubleshooting machinery, um, investigating, you know, why things broke down. It's, it's just, it's so stimulating to like figure all these things out, right? Mm -hmm. Because it it is investigative. And for a while I worked in a lab that, that did lab testing on motor control of people with a, a specific disease. And, you know, that in itself is very fascinating, but I, I never took it. I was doing the programming, you know, just on um, like doing programming for the for the instructor of the lab. But dealing with people was, you know, dealing with people as subjects was very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. But but dealing with machinery. <laughs> I totally get it. Right? With whether it's like building a piece of machinery, like a truck, or working on machinery that makes widgets is just my comfort zone. Yeah, I always like to joke that biology is not my strong science. And uh, I, too, prefer machines. Well, one, you I mean, you can deconstruct and rebuild a machine. And like you can't deconstruct and put a human back together. I mean, you can, but it's like... it. It's not quite the same. Right. And so tight. Yeah. And there's so So much emotional. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's so much more risk too, of course. (laughs) But yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Next, we have Heather Elliott, an envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. Heather likes to be challenged. And I think to an extent, most engineers do. She's also had to navigate being heard on site as a shy, young, petite female, which I can also relate to. What does your typical day look like? Well, this is going to be the hardest question for me to answer because my days are very strange. They're all over the place. I I would describe them in one word as mayhem, (laughs) but in a good way. Uh, Controlled mayhem, at least. Yeah, controlled, controlled chaos. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's that's something I've also learned. You know, there's the there's kind of like the the many spinning plates scenario, which is actually very difficult to deal with uh when you're when all you're doing is putting out fires it it usually means that you know something's not quite right but to have like that controlled chaos of like yes there are a million things happening but I know where everything is and I know what I need to do next yeah you know it's a lot of emails a lot of meetings um from sort of the, the leadership point of view from from my role 
so, you know, everything from resourcing staff to, to looking at the financial side of things, invoicing, all of that. But on the flip side, actually doing project work, getting out to site, uh, you'll have like those interesting weeks where it's like, you know, Monday you're on a swing stage, you know, but and in, in Tuesday night you're doing thermography. Uh, there's just so many different things. And funny enough, that's why I like what I do is because it's not the same every day. There is no typical day, mm. <laughs> I would say, is the answer to this one. Yeah, I uh, I share that as well. Balancing my own project work and leadership has been something I've been recently struggling with. And part of it is I, I don't want to give up project work because I feel like that makes me relevant. Because, like, just because how am I supposed to give you good advice if I'm not practicing technical work? I need to know what's going on in the industry and mm-hmm. have my finger on the pulse to be able to give good advice. But also if I've got this project work, then I don't have time to give as, like, as much time to give advice. So that's something I'm, that I'm struggling with recently. So it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, I think men- like mentorship has been really like exciting for me and kind of moving more into that role and even putting on like the quality control hat can be really interesting from that perspective because it's in that way you can almost be hands off from a project in terms of, well, you go and, you know, you do the research and, and you tell me what your solution is, but sort of being that that last review before it goes out the door or that um, kind of quality control double check, uh, mm-hmm. I find quite rewarding in that sense because you still get to kind of see the the technical content and the flavor and kind of add you know your experience back into that and and talk to uh, maybe the people who are in a way kind of like in the trenches with it at the moment um yeah so I've enjoyed that for sure but it is it is also hard it's hard to give up project work because a control freaks many of us um And uh, yeah, I understand, you know, wanting to wanting to keep your level of practice at a high at a high level. I think that most most people in the engineering role, I think, would would say that, you know, we never want to stop learning. Right. That's also kind of like something that's so prevalent in that industry. Yeah, it's just something I'm struggling to. That's like a recent today. Actually, I felt a lot of both sides coming at me. So maybe that's why it's really front of brain. But. Yeah, I need to noodle that one a little. Or for me, funny enough, one of the things that I actually have to do, and this is interesting from a time management perspective, is I have to book. I have to book time for. It's almost like for the mentor for mentoring or coaching. It's like I need to actually book it. If if you if you say yeah yeah yeah, I'll get to that. It's almost like you'll always fill your time with with other things. It's like you need to devote the time to it, and I find that that's actually it's it, it's really helpful when you actually carve mm-hmm. out you know, and say like, oh yeah, you know, there's going to be, whether it's having office hours devoted to it or just saying like, you know, 20 minutes every day, I'm going to check in with, you know, one different person every day or whatever it might be, like kind of from that, that side of things is interesting. Oh, that's a good idea. Megan Bowen is a mechanical and environmental engineer who recently completed her master's in renewable energy and engineering management. Megan shed some light on what it's like to come out of school and not know what you don't know. She also talked about corporate challenges and navigating professional relationships with all of the non-engineering personnel that make an engineering firm function. What does your typical day look like? These days, I try to make a plan uh, as, I, as I get started for both my day and my week, but it's a pretty dynamic role and um, as I mentioned, work environment because the company I'm working for is recently amalgamated. So then I actually just dynamically adjust as new info comes in. <laughs> 
But overall, uh, so I do a combination of engineering-based calculations and reporting. Um, I then prepare those for any kind of regulatory submissions or funding grants, um, evaluating options with my colleagues or operators, and then I create uh, forecast models based on those calculations and, and data trends. And then it's a, a, like a less common day-to-day, but definitely quarterly, we have some project management-related um, reporting for investors. So there's also some kind of higher level scheduling that I that I try to stay on top of. So that's why I try to start my day with a plan and then see where it goes. I feel like your your role sounds a little more, even though it's changing and shifting, it sounds a little more. I feel like I put out fires all day sometimes. Do you feel like you do that, or is yours a little bit more consistent and? So like one of the uh, funny that you specifically mentioned fires because one of our properties literally had a fire this past weekend. Oh. That being said, you are correct that my specific role was not to go and put out the fire. I just needed to like be there to make some notes for future reporting. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you are correct. It's not so dynamic that I'm so worried about being up at 3 a.m. actually putting out a fire. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a little intense. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was a literal. They had to fight a fire, but it could Sometimes it's a skill, sometimes like, so it's um, environment, social and governance supporting. So it could be anything from a fire or spill to um, a stakeholder relation um, issue that might have cropped up. Like if, for example, there was a protest at a pipeline or something, I might, again, be peripherally involved with that or then kind of the, the financial reporting of some of our things. Yeah. But you are correct. Thankfully, it's mostly planned. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of nice. But also you know, because you get to deal with the different things that pop up, there's also probably enough interesting variety. I am not bored. I will not complain about being bored. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. I'm going to pause here for a second to talk about my typical day. Even though it took me years to admit it, I am a morning person. Whether on site or in the office, I start my workday by 7am. I find it quieter then and I can get more done. Most of the time, I have a good idea how the day is going to go, but sometimes it completely blows up in my face and I spend the entire day dealing with something new rather than working on my to-do list. Being in a leadership role, I also have management tasks such as reaching out to my team, gathering marketing information, or updating the accounting department on the status of a project. My favorite part of my job is that I work on many things every day. I probably touch at least 20 different projects in a single week on average. It really keeps me on my toes. Plus, I like to be busy. Honestly, I thrive in chaos. I'll complain about it for sure, but secretly I love it. Don't tell anyone, okay? Next, we have Hannah Kaufman, a mechanical engineer from Rochester, New York, who received her degree at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I want to remind you again that we recorded these interviews in the spring, which was before Hannah started her new job in Montreal. Hannah has faced sexist remarks on site, and we are all too aware that she is not alone in this. It's another reason why we're doing this podcast. What does your typical day look like? Well, right now, I mean, I haven't started work yet. I'm still waiting on my work permit. Like, as I said, I'm an international person in Canada. And since I'm going to be starting work with Pratt Whitney, I'm waiting on my security clearance and all these government things. So right now I'm just relaxing, living my summer Montreal life, which is eating a lot of pastries and enjoying the sun. But 
in a normal life, I usually, I don't know, I get up an hour and a half before I have to do stuff. I'm a slow person in the morning. I can't function. I can't talk. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, I usually, I usually do work from 8.30 to noon. I'm like, I'm a very strict kind of person. I do stuff very routine. That's a key to, I found to my success is, so like for me, I go 8.30 to 9, I answer emails, 9 to noon. I do like more tedious tasks that don't, that make you feel productive to get done, but like you don't actually have to think about, but you don't want to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then I usually take an hour break. I usually eat lunch. I, one thing with COVID that I've been doing is I take a half hour walk every day at lunchtime change the game best thing i've ever done for my mental health i don't think i'll ever stop this um and then from one to four i do my more fun tasks where i can be more creative and actually use that like fun side of engineering where you have to think and it takes time and that whole process and then after work i usually work out make supper maybe hang out with some friends watch netflix you know those kinds of things I like the way you've structured your day. That is, uh, it's a really pragmatic approach to where your brain functions best and how to best utilize that function. I've never, I don't, well, I'm sure I have, but I don't, I can't recall someone that's broken down their day like that, which is so smart and so interesting. I'm someone who's like really needs routine and structure to feel balanced in my life because I'm someone who can get very, um, I can hyper-focus on certain aspects, and with COVID and being online all the time, it's too much. I, I can't be sitting at my computer for 12 hours a day being overwhelmed, you know? I need mm -hmm. to, like, really make space for my mental health and to not get overwhelmed, to actually be productive and do good quality work. Yeah, so, so interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start paying attention to how my brain functions and see if I can tweak my schedule a little bit. And last but certainly not least, we have Saffron Skinner-Wilson, a building envelope engineer in Calgary, Alberta. Most of Saffron's challenges are self-inflicted, which I'm sure some of us can relate to. A great piece of advice she offered the last episode was that you don't need to know everything. Just figure out what information and development are critical at that time and learn those, then go from there. What does your typical day look like? I know that you go to site a lot, so I'm, I'm really curious about this question. Yeah, so because I'm in construction and because I'm in building envelope, I am flexibility personified effectively. So I, um, my COVID life and my pre-COVID life were very, very similar. The only difference being I had a downtown office, whereas now I have a home office. But I am in new construction, restoration, renovations, investigations, I do everything from commercial, industrial, residential, single family residential. My specific kind of niche is major projects. So I've, I was lucky enough to be part of the National Music Center in Calgary and the BMO Center and um, Arts Commons in Glenbow. So I've been really lucky that way. But because I have those major projects, I'm trying to infill my knowledge with a lot of um, of failures, so investigations of how buildings are failing when we get a client coming to us saying, you know, I have water ingress or um, my windows are fogging or, you know, how can we fix this? So my actual day-to-day -day could be anything from at my computer, writing reports, um, reviewing design documents, preparing design documents, project management, uh, so managing budgets and schedules and 
my own technical development and learning about the systems that I'm working with, like cladding and roofing and, and windows. I can be in meetings with developers, contractors, architects, condo orders, homeowners, property managers, commercial clients, industrial clients, cities, universities, governments. Like it's a really broad range of who we work with. Uh, and then I'll spend also a lot of time on site doing other testing. So, you know, we'll do, I did a smoke test of a pot facility, which is just fun to say. Um, a while ago, we <laughs> yeah. just like used a pressurization fan and filled a room with smoke to see where the air currents were taking it uh, outside of the rooms. And we, we do new constructions. We'll go on site at various stages, uh, you know, in the ground for waterproofing or as we're above grade to look at cladding, windows, roofing. I'll do reviews of city buildings or reviews of homeowners who've had, you know, a leak through their deck. So I get to really run the gamut and I don't have a single week that is the same. My perfect week balances out where I usually go to site, you know, two days a week and I maybe hit up multiple sites uh, and then spend the rest of my time in meetings, doing design work uh, and maybe writing a report or two. So it's really great. I, I value flexibility over most everything. And so it gives me a really opportunity to not get bored, uh, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah, my week is probably pretty similar to yours. I do contract admin for uh, mechanical engineering, so HVAC yeah. and plumbing and fire protection design. So I as well go to site. I would not survive in the office no. five days a week. I don't I get bored. <laughs> I also work on several different types of projects, which I like, keeps things interesting. And what you said about figuring out why other things failed is so important because those are the questions that you get a lot. Like we get those questions a lot. You know, we've got this problem in this building and we need help fixing it. And But then also it helps you prevent those problems from happening on future projects. So, I mean, as much as mistakes and errors and failures are, are they suck for sure. And they're embarrassing when they're happening to you. But yeah, after the fact, I, I mean, I probably learned the most from those, sure. just what not to it's do. It's actually been kind of funny because I've been on a couple, you know, big condo projects that it, we're coming in after construction. There's been failures. There's some tension there. And so I'll walk around and inevitably the condo board asks me, you know, like, what do you do? And I'll say usually new construction, major project and list off the projects I've been on because I've been really lucky to have some, some real marquee projects. Uh, and they usually inevitably go like, oh, why are you here? because it's like they've had water coming in through their walls. And I have to not say, because seeing how your stuff failed helps me not let the rest of it fail. Um, so I usually come up with like, no, no, like I have to, I have to fill my time. And it's really, I really appreciate, you know, the client interactions and being able to help you guys out. But really it is, I want to understand what happened here so that I don't design that going forward. Um, but that's, that's yeah. poor client relations. So I try not to word it that way openly. <laughs> No, I get it. I totally get it. But yeah, they they probably wouldn't take it as well. I mean, if I was the client and you said that to me, I'd be like, oh, cool. yeah, I totally understand. But they would not. To be fair, I don't think I would like hearing that, even though I understand. I'd be like, ooh, care a bit more. <laughs> so, Well, that concludes the fourth episode of the series. I hope you enjoyed hearing all of these stories. Heather offered some great advice about scheduling mentor and coaching time. Hannah breaks her day down to work on tasks that are best suited to how her brain operates. I know I mentioned earlier that we recorded these interviews in the spring, and it was actually really nice to go back and listen to this episode while I was putting it together. I had tried to implement some of the advice these women gave, but it fell by the wayside. I'm going to go back and try again now that I've heard it back. 
In part five of this series, we're going to hear about their hopes for the future of engineering. This podcast is developed and produced by Gina Marin, Miriam Abdulrahman, Kara Sloat, Caitlin Fedorkiu, and me, Nicole Imason. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Glow Podcast so more people can find us. For our socials, search at Glow Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. That's G-L-O-E. We want to hear from you. What do you like or dislike about our show? What would you like to see us do with this platform? Please send your feedback to glowpodcast at gmail.com. We may even do a mailbag episode in the future, so let us know if you want to remain anonymous. Episode schedules can be found on our website at glow.ca. And our music is The Justice by Mountaineer. Thanks again for joining us today. And until next time, keep nerding out.